0: Yeah. He's a little nervous, so I'm, I'm going to take care of Free, I want you to repeat after me. I believe, I believe that Jesus Christ, that
1: Jesus Christ is, my Lord and Savior, is my Lord and Savior, the Son of
0: our living God, and the forgiver of my sins. Free, upon this profession, it is my great honor to baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with the forgiveness of your sins, the gift of eternal life, and the gift of a best friend that will never leave you, no matter what.
2: To do some push-ups to hold this guy up here, you little
0: <laughs> big man here, Mitchell. Repeat after me: I believe. I believe. That Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ. Is my Lord and Savior. Is my Lord and Savior. The Son of our Heavenly Father. The Son of our Heavenly Father. And the Forgiver of my sins. And the Forgiver of my sins. Upon that profession, it is my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, Amen. the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of your sins, the gift of everlasting life, and a best friend that's never going to leave you no matter what ever happens from this day forward.
1: Friends, is freedom, and we had just a taste of what heaven's going to sound like. Because heaven just rejoiced, because three people just came home. And this is awesome. I want to welcome you to Shelby Christian, whether you're on, here on the hill in person. We're so glad you're here. If you're online worshiping with us, we are honored to have you with us. Um, we're here today on Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. This is a special um, time, and it is uniquely American. That we celebrate and honor and remember those who have given their lives in a service to protecting our country. And a lot of that is protecting our freedom. And we are grateful that because of that, we get to be here today. Now, we know other things are going on that kept some people from being here. But we had the freedom to come. Praise the Lord. That That's why we're here today. Yes. In the in the earthly earthly realm here we get to do that um you know 1.2 plus million people have given their lives in service for this country 1.2 million and they are all valuable um they are remembered by their families um by their sacrifice and we're grateful for that Um, we're grateful for the leadership who commemorated this day and said on the fourth Monday of every May we're going to remember that that was actually not until 1971 that it became official Um, so 50 years of that but you know what we're here today because of a God man who gave his life for us that's why we're here. So while we are grateful, yes, yes, we are grateful for the men and women who have done that. But the ultimate sacrifice is Jesus Christ. He chose to come here, live like us. He moved into the neighborhood. We have a high priest who understands everything we go through. And he chose to pay for our sin. He chose to pay so that we could have freedom. Um. Not, We have freedom in the ability to trust in God. We have freedom to know that, just like Bradley said, when we accept that, we have the Holy Spirit. He dwells within us. He dwells within us. He lives in me. That's freedom, my friend. So just like Bradley said, the water is just right. And you will have an opportunity to do that if you haven't. If you have done that, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, We want to come together this morning and remember what he did for us. I love that here in our church, every week we celebrate that. We come around the table. Did you know in the Middle East and a lot of cultures coming around the table says, Hey, everything's okay. We're okay. Our relationship is okay. That's what this table means to us. We remember Christ's body. That he gave for us. We Remember with the juice. The blood that he gave for us. He paid for us with his blood. That's why we're here today. That is what living looks like. And that is what freedom looks like. And while I'm not there yet. I know where I'm going. I am assured of where I'm going, and I will know what heaven is like, and I hope that I see you all there, and we're going to have a reunion someday. So right now, would you just go to the Lord with me in prayer? After we pray, we have the emblems on the front and on the side that you are welcome to come forward and pick up and partake. Um, Do it in a manner that is just personal. Allow the Lord to speak to you today as you do that. Go to the Lord with me. Heavenly Father God, we come before you today and we are so grateful to be in this place, to be in your house. Your glory fills the earth, Lord. I know sometimes it seems dark and we can't see it, but Lord, we sing the fact that when we can't see it, <laughs> you're working. We can't, we know that you're working all the time. Jesus, in the midst of all of that, you defeated the enemy. You defeated the one that hates the human race. You defeated the one, Lord, who was a liar, a deceiver, an accuser. You overcame. And through your death, your resurrection, we have victory. We are also overcomers. Lord, remind us of that. Remind us, Lord, as we remember the people who have given their lives for freedom, that your death, your death brought us freedom, abundant life here everlasting life in heaven lord jesus we cannot say thank you enough but in these next few moments we pray that you would speak to our hearts and turn our hearts toward you lord help us to be wholeheartedly devoted in everything we do think and say thank you jesus it's in your precious name we pray all things amen
2: How's your heart? Mm. I'm glad you guys are here today. It's so special. Haven't we already had church today? Uh, That's what it's all about uh, this morning. So glad you guys are here. And it's summertime. I know that June 20th is like the official whatever, whatever. But come on. It's summertime, right? It's summertime now. We made it. We made it. (laughs) We made it. You know, after all we've been through, we've made it. And summer's going to be really, really cool. Uh, I want to remind you, before you leave today, be sure to get one of these reading cards. They're up here at the front. Uh, They're also out in the lobby at every table out there. Or if you do have version on your phone, you can just get on and get the app there. And Because we're starting on Tuesday, on June 1st. We're starting this 90-day adventure reading through the entire New Testament, and I am convinced that God is going to use that to transform our church and our lives in many different ways. So I want to encourage you to be sure to get that today before you leave, Uh, and also through the summer, we're kicking off this brand new series, Heartbeat. Heartbeat. So all week, I'm thinking, okay, what can I do after, I mean, like Bradley's up here last week and like kills it. Comes out as a spaceman, you know, and, and so I'm thinking, like, what can I do, like, to kick off the series? So I really looked into getting like this inflatable heart that I could walk out in, and I thought, you know, that might be really cool. And uh, then, no, uh, that did, then I thought maybe I could go with like skinny jeans, like Ethan. <laughs> that didn't seem like a good idea for lots of reasons. <laughs> But then I had this conversation with Bradley this week, and he was showing me this, this video on TikTok that this church made of like their their student pastor or like talking about a student pastor and the worship pastor and what's the difference. <laughs> and it's the exact same person, except when they're the student pastor, they're like bopping like this with a cup of Starbucks. And when they're worship pastor, they're bopping with a guitar. That's the only difference between the two. And so I'm just trying to figure out what do you want To be known for? What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be remembered for when you're gone? This series, Heartbeat, is all it's like a biographical series about this really cool guy in the Bible named David. And David has the greatest epitaph that has ever been. You know what that epitaph is? That thing they put on your tombstone that everybody remembers you for? David's epitaph would have been a man after God's own heart. How cool is that? And that wasn't something that David made up. That's what God said about him. Man, how cool would it be if you get to the end of life and and it's known, people are talking about you and going, they were a man or they were a woman after God's own heart heart that's the coolest thing now there's all kinds of other nouns and adjectives that could have been used for david's life as well Uh, those of you who've read your bible who studied a little bit about the old testament know this this king david you'll know that you could have used words like shepherd like giant slayer great friend psalm writer worship leader king but there's some other words that you could have used words like lazy Words like broken. Descriptions like devastated father. Adulterer. Murderer. You see, David had all those things in his life. We all have our own list, though. If we're really honest, if we're really honest, we've all got a couple lists. We've got a list of things that we we wish everybody knew about us. And we've all got a list, probably... That we hope nobody knows about us. See, David had both lists. And in the midst of the success and failure, here's one consistency. What David did in life, he pursued life passionately. Now, sometimes his passion allowed him to kill lions and giants and conquer cities. Other times, his passion led him to make some horrible Horrible choices. Sometimes his passion led him to the mountaintop. Other times it led him to the rooftop. He's passionate. You see, what do you want to be remembered for? It's Memorial Day weekend, a day of remembrance. When it's all over, what what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want your life to look like? And so our hope through this whole summer and this whole series is that as we dig into reading God's word, as we dig into studying about David, that we could all develop a passionate pursuit to live after God's own heart. Now, each week in this series, we're going to look at a different character that David had to interact with. And so we're going to begin today by looking at David's calling, you know, the Bible talks more about David than any other character in the Bible, except for Jesus. He There are 66 chapters in the Old Testament that record his life. There are a number of psalms that bear his name as the author. He's mentioned 59 different times in the New Testament. This David guy is a big deal. And in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, here's what God says about David. God said, I have found David, a son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Wow, wow! Now, understand also, David's far from perfect, but his heart—his heart beat for God in a way that few others have before or after. So, as we go through this series each week, as I said, we're going to look at a different character and how that character affected the life of David, and as they interacted together. And we want to start at the beginning with this guy named Samuel. Now, Samuel, Samuel was a prophet. Samuel was a priest. Samuel was a judge in Israel. What Samuel never was, was a king. Because Samuel understood very well and tried to convince the Israelite nation that they didn't need a king that a king that was one of the worst ideas that they had ever had but if you're reading along in this story in the book of first samuel you see that there's the part the king james version puts it this way the people clamored for a king it's like if it were a parent-child relationship we would say this way the people pestered for a king all right they just wouldn't let it go and for centuries though God had led the people through judges judges like uh, like Gideon and Deborah um, but the people decided they wanted a king all the other nations had a king we want to be like them see him, will try to tell them you know, God's your only king, that's the only king you need and, and if you get a king a king's going to demand taxes a king's going to draft you into military service uh, he's going to rule with an iron fist but the people just wouldn't listen That's why that term pestered kind of came to my mind. They just wouldn't listen. And so finally God relents and says, Okay, I'll give you a king. And Saul is that first king. He gave them King Saul, and it starts off pretty well. But just as Samuel had told them, he took a nosedive somewhere along the way and turned his back on the Lord and decided he was the center of all the universe. You see... Have we ever seen leaders do that? Hmm. There's actually a passage in the Bible that talks about when a servant becomes king. And is not ready for it. They're not ready for the responsibility, the position, everything that goes along with it. And it never ends well. And, and so if you want to look in your Bibles, in the book of 1 Samuel it's in the old testament about seven or eight books into the old testament you get to the book of first samuel first samuel chapter 13 here's what samuel has to say to saul now saul's the king all right saul's the king he's been doing he did great for a while and then it kind of nosedived like we said and samuel has to go to the king and give him this message you've not kept the command of the lord you not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. How would you like to go to the king or the president and tell them that? Samuel gets to give that message so God then sends Samuel on one last huge mission he's getting toward the end of his career and God says I got one more thing for you I want you to go to Bethlehem and get ready to anoint a king now think about that (laughs) think about that I want you to go where to Bethlehem anything else significant ever happen in Bethlehem any other kings ever start out in Bethlehem And so Samuel goes to Bethlehem and, and if you look in chapter 16 of 1 Samuel, and I don't have time to read all of the verses today, I'll just point out some things, so scroll along. In verses 1 through 4, God gives him the call. Basically God says this, here's how I'll summarize verses 1 through 4. Okay Samuel, it's time to move. It's go time let's go and he says go down to bethlehem and and have this worship service of sacrifice and praise but i love verse 4 look at verse 4 of uh, 1 samuel 16 it says samuel did what the lord said that's not a bad place to land guys That's not a bad place. How much different would your life be today if at every kind of crossroads, when you knew God was calling you to do something, if every one of those times, every one of those adventures, every one of those callings, that after it's over, the words could be written in, he did what the Lord said, or she did what the Lord said. It's going to turn out pretty good. Samuel did what the Lord said. Now let your eyes scroll down to verses 6 and 7. They have this worship service of sacrifice and praise. And there's a guy in the crowd named Jesse. And Jesse's just an average kind of guy. Got a farm and lots lots of livestock and a bunch of boys. And they're there at the service And when the service is over, they kind of hang around and start talking. And Samuel sees them. And Samuel especially sees and starts talking to Jesse and sees his oldest son, Eliab. The Bible tells us that Eliab's tall, strong, he's impressive. And Samuel immediately thinks, that's the one. (laughs) That guy's got king written all over him. I mean, that's the one. And God speaks to Samuel's heart and says, nope, not him. In fact, if you look at verse 7, it tells us that man looks at the outward appearance, appearance, the tall, strong, impressive appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. But it's like Peter said in the book of Acts in the New Testament, Peter said, I'm going to choose to please God rather than man. And man might look at the outward appearance, but I'm gonna to choose to please God, and God looks after the heart. All right. So then if you go on, and I'm just summarizing, if you go through the next four verses in first Samuel sixteen, it's like a parade of sons. After Eliab, it's like, okay, next, and the next son comes by and God kinda of like tells Samuel, nope, and the next one, nope, and the next one, nope, and nope, and nope. All of a sudden, there's no more line. The the sons are gone. There's there's no more. And, and there's this really cool there's this really cool point where Samuel looks at Jesse and goes, "Dude, you got any more sons? I, I know I'm here to find one of your. You got any more sons? And it's like <laughs> like Jesse has this like you know, senior moment that he comes out of. He goes, "Oh yeah, and there's the 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 young one, David. He's out tending the sheep." and samuel says call for him call for him and the rest is history look in verses 12 and 13 to first samuel 16 it says so jesse sent and had david brought in and he was ruddy he had been out in the sun and really dark tan and kind of rough skin but he's he's ruddy with a fine appearance handsome features but he's a teenager then the lord says rise and anoint him because he's the one. What, what would that... I Like all week I've been there, what would that feel like? What would it feel like if you're like... And all of a sudden you hear in this kind of context somebody say, he's the one or she's the one. And you realize they're talking about you. And, and so it says, Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers, his older brothers who didn't get the gig. From that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. See, once Samuel anointed him uh, as the next king, God's Spirit came upon him, and David was never the same after that day. But understand this, he was never the same, not because of his position, not because uh, of his fame, Not because of his stature, he's not even a full-grown man yet. Not because of his inheritance, he really didn't have that that much. Certainly not because he was perfect, we're going to see that over the course of the summer. But God chose him because of his devotion. See, that's our bottom line for this first week, is that God expects devotion, not perfection. Now, we're supposed to try to be perfect even as the son of man. is perfect. That's our goal. But what God is looking at is, are you faithful? Are you devoted? Not did you always get it right, but were you trying? Were you devoted to what I had called you to? Because David's far from perfect, but David was devoted to the Lord, and he was passionate about the word, and he was a man after God's own heart. That's David's calling. I think there's some lessons we can learn from David's calling, from his first arrival on the scene, especially into this role as king. The first thing I think we can learn is this, and this is so cool. God uses ordinary people. Ordinary people, because David wasn't born a superstar or even privileged. His younger years involved learning to take care of sheep, And being a shepherd wasn't that big a deal, especially in that day. 1809 was an interesting year in history. 1809, a lot of ordinary babies were born. But no one noticed them because the focus of the world was on this little guy named Napoleon. Who was sweeping across Austria in an effort to conquer europe and in turn eventually conquer the world and the world is focused on napoleon to the point that they don't even realize or notice these babies that are being born but that's fairly typical when babies well we don't notice it unless it happens to be royalty or something that we hear about but babies are born every day we don't notice that But in that same year, when Napoleon is trying to conquer the world, in that same year, a baby that was named William by Mr. and Mrs. Gladstone was born. And William Gladstone became the British Prime Minister. That same year, another baby was born named Alfred to Mr. and Mrs. Tennyson. Alfred Tennyson became a poet for Queen Victoria that we now still study in literature classes. That same year, a kid named Oliver was born to the Holmes family. Oliver Wendell Holmes popularized the use of stethoscopes and anesthesia while raising a son who would become a Supreme Court justice. In that same year, 1809, a kid named Edgar was born to the Poe family. Edgar Allan Poe was a groundbreaking author that we still study. And in a little cabin not too far from here, down in central Kentucky in 1809, Mr. and Mrs. Lincoln had a baby boy named Abraham that was born, that became the 16th president of our country and helped to abolish slavery. You see, over 200 years later, for the most part, the only thing that anybody remembers about Napoleon, unless you're a real history buff, all you remember about Napoleon is they named ice cream after him, and he was a short guy that took pictures with his hand in his vest. That's it. That's all we got. But these guys changed the world. And so I was thinking, I wonder. I wonder who it's going to be that was born in 2020 or 2021 when the world was focused on a pandemic That 50 years from now, our great-grandkids are going to be studying in school as someone who was a world changer. Because God uses ordinary people. Mark Twain said, the the two most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day that you find out why. (laughs) As a pastor, I might add the day that you were born again. But come to think of it that may be the same as the day you find out why. Those may coincide. So why were you born? Not the biological reason. Every teenager up through adult in here knows the biological reason why you were born. But what's God got in mind for you? What's he got in mind for me? In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said this. He said, brothers think of what you were when you were called none of you were wise by human standards well thank you Paul none of you were influential thanks again not many of you were of noble birth and then in verse 27 he says but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise and God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong listen guys listen God calls us not because of anything extraordinary about us, but because he is an extraordinary God and has extraordinary things for you and me to do. So our bottom line is he expects devotion, not perfection. Cause God calls, God calls ordinary people. Now, here's an important thing, too, is that when he calls ordinary people, he most often calls ordinary people who are faithful, who are already faithful. In Luke chapter 16, Jesus said, If you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in large ones. See, David is this young kid just being faithful. He's just being faithful. It's his character. We see it over and over again. And over again. You guys are going to get really tired. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Dad said, go watch the sheep. David said, okay. He was faithful. Dad said, go take lunch to your brothers. He was faithful. In in those moments of solitude, uh, through that faithfulness, God was shaping David to become a great and powerful leader. See, it's often, almost always, proving ourselves in the little things when God opens doors for us to do big things. David is this young guy tending sheep, but God's preparing him to be a king. Jason's this kindergarten kid that started coming to Shelby Christian Church with his family and going through our youth programs. And then he went to study ministry and become a youth intern. Just happened to be working here for a summer or two when we needed a youth pastor. And 24 years later, he's a leader. God was preparing him to lead. Dennis was programming computers up in Baltimore And God was programming his heart to love little early childhood kids and eventually be our executive pastor Matt was working on cars while God was preparing his heart to work on children's hearts Brett was selling home sound equipment. God was preparing him to involve people in ministry Bradley was coaching students how to run faster But God was getting him ready to teach students to run after Jesus Tiffany is becoming one of the best elementary school teachers in Shelby County, but God was preparing her to change the hearts of students for eternity. Ethan was an assistant worship leader, and God was getting him ready to take the lead. Bobby and Todd are guys that had been in the ministry and were broken and broken hearted, and God was healing their hearts and getting them ready to get back in the game. Victoria is a young lady who showed up at our church with her coach on a recruiting visit and chose to come to college here. And met Jesus and got baptized. And we just hired her to be an assistant in our student ministry. Wayne was a teenager who loved technology and making all this stuff work long before I even got here. He's old. <laughs> but God was preparing him to be a leader. Callista, just a mom who loves kids. And God was preparing her to love on our kids. Sebastian is a teenage tennis player in Chile. Come on. And God's getting him ready, preparing him to be a leader in Hispanic ministry in Shelbyville, Kentucky. Only God does that kind of stuff. And 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 I was a dumb high school kid doing everything I could, making horrible choices, running away from God as hard as I could run. And God was leading me to my own Nineveh. See, I don't care where you are right now. If you love Jesus, if you love Jesus, just keep being faithful. Just be faithful. And if things don't seem like they're working out the way you'd hope they would, just keep being faithful. Because you never know when God's going to look at you and say, that's the one that's the one. She's the one. He's the one. For such a time as this, now go, go. Because God calls ordinary people. He calls ordinary people who are being faithful. And God calls us to many places. I want you to stay with me for just a couple more minutes here. Because this is critical. This is critical. Because you never know where he's going to call you. But for the for the majority of the people that are here today, what God's not going to call you is to be a vocational minister in a church. But hear me clearly. I promise you, he's calling you to be a minister. To be an ambassador. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, with whoever you're doing it with. Because I God showed me this this week, I'm pretty convinced that the superstars in heaven are going to be people you and I have never heard of before. They were just faithful. He doesn't really care so much about prominence. What God's looking for is authentic, real followers who are doing their best right where they are. Because honoring God, it's not about being a preacher or a pastor, a missionary or a worship leader. See, David led armies into battle, but he also wrote poetry. Those two worlds don't often collide. I mean, the guy that's going to go into battle and kill people, you don't think of as the guy that's going to sit down and write beautiful poetry. So so when was he being more faithful to God? When he wrote Psalms or when he fought battles? Neither, because both were expressions of his faithfulness. See, devotion to God is the primary focus of our lives. Most of you guys are more on the front lines of battle than the majority of the ministers in the world. That's one of the problems we have in our world today. One of the problems we have in our world today, there's too many, too many ministers, pastors, people with titles and initials after their name. that are spending far more time in holy huddles studying and learning all this stuff about theology and history and Greek and Hebrew, and they're never leading anybody to Jesus. I love that a lot of our staff are coaches in our school system, coaching track and tennis and soccer and football. That's frontline stuff. But hear me very clearly, you men and women that are professional teachers and coaches in our school system, understand that's a calling. You've been called to the largest mission field in our country that's a calling be faithful god needs you there i know i know you get paid to teach them math and science and english and if you're a coach x's and o's and all that stuff do that well teach them well but with your life teach them jesus and everything you do teach them jesus one of the reasons i continue to serve as a trustee at at the christian university that i attended is because it's a liberal arts university that means it trains doctors and nurses and lawyers and business leaders and mechanics and plumbers and politicians and law enforcement personnel and that place changed my life and we need people in all those places they're on the front line be faithful because god calls ordinary people who are just being faithful doing ordinary things And sometimes he calls them to strange and different places. But wherever he calls you, wherever he calls you, know this. God empowers us, equips us to accomplish what he's called us to do. Whatever he's called you to do, he'll give you what you need to do it. At the end of the very first letter that Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, he challenged them to remain faithful, to be pure to what God had called them to do. And then in verse 24 of chapter 5, I love this verse in the Bible. I love this verse. Because Paul told the church this. He said, God will make this happen. For he who calls you is faithful. He who calls you is is faithful. And Paul told the Philippian church that the one who began the good work in you, the one who called you and began a good work in you, he's going to see it through to completion. He ain't quitting. He ain't giving up on you. He ain't throwing in the towel. Be faithful. And if you haven't been faithful, repent and get back in the game. That's all it's about. Let's go. Let's go. Just have a heart for Jesus. And let the heartbeat of God start banging in your chest. Start banging so much that you can't stop feeling it. And you know, you know without a shadow of a doubt that it's God. And it's all about devotion, not perfection. Would you guys stand with me? We want to finish our service and we' want to do this all the time. We want to finish our service in a heart of worship. We're going to sing a song that we're, it's a prayer, just asking God to do what we've been talking about, to build in us something, to build in us a life that honors him and is, a, and is faithful, faithful to him. So here's what I want to do. I just want us to worship. I want to challenge you to worship like you've never worshipped. Just to worship and ask God to build your life. But while we sing, if you need to do what Stephen and Mitchell and Bree did, and you need to talk to someone about that, I'm ask Kim will be down here at the front. I'm ask Bradley come be down here with her. Bobby's back there by the decision room. We got people who love to pray with you, love to talk with you, love to help you on that road. So let's worship and while we worship, if you need to take a step and get some help, please do that. Let's worship together. anytime. Several of us on staff, people down here at the front, we'll be around afterwards. We'd love to talk to you. Bobby's back there by the decision room. Folks, would love to talk to you guys. Uh, If this is your first time here, man, thanks for being here today. You got to be here for a great, uh, great service. Out in the lobby, there's this giant orange wall with big letters that say I'm new. And we got a gift for you out there. Brett and his team are out there. they got a gift for you. If you've been here a while, you're trying to figure out how to navigate and what you need to do next, right through that door back there, there's a next step room and there's a team back there uh, that can help you figure that out. They can sign you up for our next Pathways, uh, which is our onboard ramp. And the next one is June 22nd, a Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. You can sign up for that back there. If If you are a parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, whatever, of a middle schooler, Uh, SHIFT, which is our Sunday morning 10 o'clock programming. Uh, Took this weekend off for the holiday, but it will be back next week. Uh, Bradley and Victoria will be leading in that and some others helping out in that. So so SHIFT will be back on next week over in the stew at 10 o'clock. Don't forget that. You guys have an awesome, awesome rest of the weekend. What do you want to be remembered for? All right. Let's love God, love people, and go change the world. We'll see you next Sunday.